Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming at you. It's about 11.30 at night when we're recording this episode. It's a late one, but we are putting in the work to get these out to you guys. We're going to start right off with this one and hit with our partners we got Ingram's Outdoor Obsession, the working class taxidermist, best prices, best quality, outstanding craftsmanship, and a best friend in one taxidermist. You can't get better than that. Best thing about this episode right now is what we're going to talk about is going to be going to Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. Hell yeah. We're going to hit the newest uh, partner to... The podcast, ECW Calls. Veteran-owned and operated. Every call is handmade and is unique to itself. We have two Whitetail Legacy Podcast slate calls, and we're going to be hitting them during the turkey season. Give it a little... <laughs> yes. You know, Dude, I can't wait calling to get in the big old there. Tommy. Dude, I got, a, I, looked, I got a second season tag. I have one... I have Sunday. That's it. Huh? Yeah. That's it. I got Sunday. One weekend to get it done. <laughs> not not going to shoot a turkey, probably. You're not going Saturday? It's not Saturday, Sunday. It's only Sunday. No. I looked. We, um, uh, I looked, dude. Look at it. Maybe I, 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 I'm pretty sure I looked. Second season is always on Saturday. That's why I want to do that turkey episode before the season. That way we can get all them, mm. them fixtures anyways, out there. Anyways, ECW, Home of the Angry Duck. Ducks love it until it's too late. There you go. They got uh, custom grave uh, grunt tubes, custom grave, I mean, turkey turkey calls. We're going to be doing a giveaway on the Facebook page, Instagram page of a couple custom engraved, if you want, Whitetail Legacy podcast turkey calls. If not, you can just get up some straight up glaze or slate, or glass or slate turkey calls. I just, I just... Com- combined like, what glass. Is grace? <laughs> that's that's glass and slate complying. Right? Glate. That's a new turkey call I'm coming up with. <laughs> but, Dude, please send it because yeah. we could we could probably retire just through this podcast <laughs> off that. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, so much. Um for the partnership with you guys. We love your calls. We love that it's veteran owned, veteran operated, and it's a handcrafted individual call to each of its own. Check those guys out. They're on Facebook. They're in Presley's here if you're local. Everybody knows where Presley is around here. So check them out. We're going to go right into the VIP veteran broadhead shout-out. You got that, homie? Yeah, I got it. Uh, this week we're going to shout-out Tim Tudor. He was a U.S. Marine Corps from 2010-2014, and he was deployed in Afghanistan, and he did a lot of different training. His specialty training was a diesel engine mechanic, and he went through the machine gunner course, ground safety officer course, and the nuclear biologic chemical training into the three-time 
expert rifle qualification and a one-time expert pistol qualification. So, Tim, uh, we appreciate your service to the country. Thank you for all your all everything you did for us, man. I appreciate it. I don't know you personally, but I want you to know that I care for you like a brother just because you went out there and defended me like you were my brother. Yeah, thanks, Tim. We're going to get right into this episode. This is going to be dedicated to Homie's Buck last year. The grind work that he put in. The this might get some. We got we got a couple trolls. This might get some troll. I like a little troll fluid coming it, through. Keeps um, it live. Might get a little troll fluid coming on on this episode. Yeah. But, hey, that's part of it. We love doing it, and trolls are gonna be trolls. We're just gonna. Get, is there troll seasons open like all year round? Right. Yeah. It. I don't think it closes. Any caliber. You know. You know I whatever. mean. <laughs> Uh, when I posted the pictures that I found this deer and, you know, kind of forefronted the story of this deer, um, I mean, there was obviously some people that I thought would for sure like it and they didn't and it's whatever. Like, I mean, they like every other thing I post and it doesn't bother me one bit other than I'm still just going to do what I do and... It is what it is, you know. Yep. It's just I'm still gonna hunt every day that I can. Yep. There's a there's a this this situation has happened to a lot of people, you know. So I mean, but there's always gonna be. We've already been trolled about it. That's why we're talking about being trolled. So yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. just putting that out there. Yeah. So uh, I'm not hanging my bow up. I've never thought about hanging my bow up, and there's not really any situation out there where I would ever think about hanging my bow up. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it, man. Yeah, so if I was you as a listener and I was listening to this podcast, if you're out there and you're listening, you're just, you're kind of on the fence about it, like, dude, message us right now. Yeah, we want to hear us. you. Yeah, tell us, tell us your I story. I would love if we could do, like, a bunch of message in and just have, like, a bunch of different normal guys for like 10 minutes. Yeah, dude. And just put it, like six guys on an episode. Dude, if it's 10 minutes, you're like, yeah, I was in the stand. I climbed up there, pulled up my gun. Because we want this to be people's podcast, so we don't want it to be you have to be famous or you have to have a no. uh, half million followers on Instagram. <laughs> we don't want that. We want the normal guys. That's why we started this, to get this out. So I think this is this this episode, before we get into it, this would be the good time to do the listener's call out that we were talking about doing it. Yeah, for quick. sure. Uh, before we get into the listeners call it, I have one guy that I really want to call out, which I ran into while I was shed hunting my place and I found the deer that we're going to talk about. And this is Colin Boudreau. So, uh, we haven't really gone to this level on this podcast during the shout out, but he's certified badass. This guy lives in Michigan and he just comes down to Iowa and Illinois and just shed hunts. That's all he does. Just gets a hotel, cruises the back roads, and asks people, just goes up to their door, random, knocks on the door, and says, hey, can I shed hunt your place? So throughout his trial and error, he's found shed hunting is not really accepted. So he just says, "Hey, can I go look for deer antlers?" Sorry to give your, <laughs> sorry to give your secret away, but <laughs> dude, it's so badass that you're just risking it all, just coming down like he's doing. Yeah, he's a badass. He, he's doing crazy. a real badass thing. Just, yeah, just just drive around, random, ask random people if you can check. He found he he said he had like twelve, fifteen sheds, right? Yeah, fifteen sheds, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, dude, I you know I try to talk two, three buddies coming in." coming down with me but they didn't want to and then i sent a picture of all the sheds i got and they're like oh yeah dude i should have went <laughs> he's like oh yeah next year i'm going i'm like it's too late like, yeah all, all them sheds that he found are already picked up yep. <laughs> it's too late for sure yeah props to you man that's something i've never heard of when homie told me i'm like dude that's badass all right let's get let's get in this list we're doing a we're gonna do a listener call out so we're gonna do this is we're putting this stuff out here, and we're at. This is the first time we've ever asked you guys to seriously do something for us. So this is what we're asking: if you 
or listen on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We're at the stage now where we're getting a lot of listens, and and uh, we want to bump up on the iTunes a little bit just so more people can hear us. And the more reviews we have, the higher we go up on the search list. So it takes one minute. If you're not on iTunes, we understand. Um, if you're on SoundCloud, you can just follow us on SoundCloud. We appreciate that too. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram too. You guys can follow us if you want, but the main thing we're reaching for is reviews on iTunes. So that's the main call out for listeners on this episode. And enough of the BS. Let's get right into it, homie. Let's hear. <laughs> yeah, dude. I've I've got all these notes, but they're just kind of like scatterbrained here and there. I try to get it down in order, but it's not perfect. So. I shot a deer October 23rd, and if you're going to look like that the whole podcast, I'm going to have a problem. (laughs) So starting off, I named this deer Ghost uh, just because I did not see him before I shot at him. And after I shot him, once I lost the trail that he was running on, I never seen him again until I picked up him five months later so i'm naming this deer ghost i think it's pretty fitting for the scenario and the story now quickly before i get into my hunt i was on i had to go to kansas city for two weeks for work and then the following week i was going to be on vacation that's the last full week in october so i come back from Kansas City on Friday, I go hunt Friday night, just a nice, easy observation stand. Didn't want to get in too deep. Just, you know, had that itch to go hunting. So just got out there. Did not see one deer, which is kind of disappointing, you know, just getting ready to kick off your vacation for a whole week and you go out and you don't even see anything. And then Saturday night, had a wedding, so it just kind of threw off the whole Saturday. And then Sunday... For some reason, I cannot remember what what I did. I, I'd have to look at my camera to see if I got some film of some stuff. I'm sure I did, but I can't remember where I hunted or anything. So Monday morning, the, the forecast is like mid-60s is the high, 45 is the low, you know, in the morning. It's going to be not cold, but, you know, chilly for October. And then it's supposed to have a chance of rain in the afternoon. So I go into a stand. It's a pretty good rut stand, so I'm in there a little early, but, you know, with, with the way the wind's blowing, you know, I'm kind of limited on where where I get a hunt. So I go in there and got had a, had a decent morning hunt, really. Uh, I had a buck on the down by the creek bed. He was grunting, you know, before it was even light out. He's grunting, and then, you know, I seen him finally about 45 minutes later. Nice nice eight-point, not a shooter, but seen him, seen a couple of does, seen a little scrap buck, and uh was a decent hunt. With the way, like, that stand is just a morning stand only. It's not very productive in the afternoon. So I, I get out, you know, 11.30, almost noon, get up, back to the truck, get some lunch, thinking about where I want to hunt in the afternoon. And we got this stand that we call the green stand. Now I'm going to lay this, the area that the green stands out. So it's in a cove and the cove has a bedding off a huge hillside. Like it's a, it's a North facing hill and they, it's really thick. A lot of little trees, little saplings and stuff, a whole bunch of undergrowth really thick in there and and they like to bed in there so we have this green stand over there in this cove but we had to move it in march while we were out scouting for turkeys jeff and i moved it because it was pretty close to the other property so we got we had asked if we could move it and we did so as we're moving it we're like well we're just going to shift it instead of being at the dead middle of the cove we just shifted it to the north on the side of the cove, you know, you can still hunt and still shoot where most of the deer come out into the field at. So as we're picking out where we're going to throw up this stand now, 
it's I mean it's it's late March, so we were thinking it was going to be pretty comparable to how it's going to look in October when we'd be able to hunt there and when that stand's really good. It's not it's not very good during the rut. It's when them bucks are coming into that bedding on that hillside looking for them hot does that it's really good. So that's why we kind of was looking, you know, in March, hey, it's it should be pretty good comparison wise. So we find a tree, we throw this thing up. We think it, we think it's set, you know, that's that's not we're not going to touch it again until we come and hunt. As I'm going in there on the 23rd, it's warm. I mean, it, the sun's kind of shining, but you can see the, the rain front coming in. So I'm walking over there, and I go by this observation stand that's up, you know, up towards the truck because I'm walking by it. And there's three scrapes, you know. There's one scrape, and then you go like four yards, there's another one. And you go about eight yards, and there's a big one. And this big one just goes, it's right off a trail that goes right in the woods. So I'm like, oh, man, something over here is really tearing this up. I'm just going to make a mental note because the way that the wind's blowing, it's blowing straight into the bedding in the middle, the, what we call the middle woods, which is right behind this stand. So I'm like, okay, you know, mental note, if we can get like a north or a south wind or even an east wind, definitely going to come back here and hunt. So I continue on to the green stand. And it, the wind's coming out of the northwest, and it's going to just be blowing my scent right out into the field. Reason why I want to go over there. So as I'm getting over to the green stand, I notice three more scrapes. And the smell of the air over there is, it just smells like deer. I mean, it was pretty potent. So as I'm, I mean, I'm still 80 yards from the stand, and there's th- these three scrapes right up, right up on the hill, right on the edge of the field of this bedding. I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. So I'm looking for the green stand, looking for the green stand. I cannot find it. I'm thinking, where did we put this thing? Like, I've already walked by two places that I thought we'd already put it. And this is the, this is the most scrapes I've ever seen on the property and I'm like I can't even find a stand to hunt so I finally find this green stand and I get up I barely found it let me say that I barely found the green stand so I'm standing at the bottom of the ladder and I look up you know back out in the field and I'm like this is not even gonna look good so I get up like halfway and look out in there it's unhuntable you cannot even get you could probably get in the stand, but you can't shoot anything unless it's in the tree stand with you. So now now I'm pretty pissed off. You know, bad on our part. We put it up, and we just didn't get back to it to tend it, clear some shooting lanes. We just thought it was good. So lesson learned there. And... I mean, we we try to stay out for the most part just because, like, the crops are in. We had to walk across the bean field, and, you know, we don't want to get into that. But that's also another reason I wanted to hunt over there is because the crops were still in, and nobody has hunted over there yet. So I'm thinking, man, this is the perfect timing of the year that this stands really good, and Nobody's even been on this side of the property this whole year because the fields are still in. And then you got my dumbass trying to go in there and shoot a deer by myself with bean field in. And but that that's just that's just stuff I do. I like doing stuff like that. I'm coming back down out of the green stand. I'm thinking of another option, a couple other options that I gotta go hunt. Cause I'm just not leaving. Like I'm I'm there to hunt. So that's what I'm doing. So I can go to my sister's stand, but it's it's in the woods, and I'm probably 150 yards from it, but I'm thinking I might have that same problem with the undergrowth if I go over there. So even though it's hot and I'm starting to sweat because I just walked 
all that way to the green stand. I'm thinking about going back to that observation stand with them three scrapes right on the field edge, even though the wind's terrible. I'm feeling really good about my scent control. That's what I do. I decided to go back to it. I'm like, well, you know, it, it, it might it might blow my hunt. It might make my hunt. But I got to do something because it's getting late in the afternoon, and I got to get up in a tree. So I'm going back to this observation stand across the bean field. When I get back over there, I'm standing right at the scrapes, and then the trail of the big scrape is about 15 yards, maybe not even that. So I'm like, well, with this terrible wind, I'm going to put out some dopey in these scrapes just to kind of cover up my scent since I've been sweating. So I put a little out in the the two small ones, just a couple drops, you know. Then in the bigger one, I put... I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you can measure, but I, I would just say a decent amount. Like, I don't know, just a decent amount. I guess is what I'm going to say there. I get up in the stand, get my camera out, get my camera arm, pull my bow up. And I'm just sitting there, you know, watching this rain front come in, and it starts raining. So I put my camera away, and then I'm just kind of sitting there, you know, enduring the rain. And I just kind of look back in the woods, and it kind of opens up a little bit. And I notice that there's a whole bunch of rubs. I mean, there's four or five rubs. And then there's some more scrapes just in this nice little open area behind the stand. So this the location of this stand is on a huge bean field, huge destination field, about 40 yards to the south is a ridge that comes in off the field and there's a little bedding area there not much because this this little patch of woods is only maybe 150 yards wide so not a whole bunch of deer are are bedding there but there is some you know enough to make it a good stand and you know when you're in the tree stand you're facing just straight west so to the south we got this ridge that goes to, to the bedding and then on the north side, you know, we got that scrape trail comes in the woods and then it just kind of angles up to the ridge right to the bedding. So they can come either way, really. So as I notice these rubs, I'm thinking, okay, the rain's starting to let up. It's almost done. Sun's trying to peek back out. I'm thinking that, you know, whatever buck is in here, probably going to come in the woods from this bedding and refresh these scrapes that are in the woods first. That's just what my deer hunting sense tells me. So I'm I'm got my focus more in the woods than I do in the field, you know. And when I hunt, I always try to like, okay, my ears are hunting back here and my eyes are hunting here. So I try to cover the area like that. But, you know, for this stand, I would say that my ears are in the woods while my eyes are in the field, but now that I've noticed these scrapes and all these rubs in this open area behind me, I think he's going to go there first and hit those while he's in the cover. So, you know, and then I'm just going to peek out in the field, you know, every so often. So as I'm looking in the woods, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. It's getting getting kind of late. I'm like, man, dude, I ain't even seen a deer and, you know, I'm just doing a quick scan out in the field, come back in the woods. Just sitting there, I'm, you know, I'm like, man, what is going on? You know, nobody's been over here. We still got the beans in. Ain't had the tractors, you know, stirring them up or nothing. I said, I mean, this is the first sit of anybody over here. You know, it should be off the hook. And I just kind of scanning back out into the field now. And there's a deer right on that big scrape and he's just thrashing his antlers on like the little shrub right on the edge of the field just going at it i'm like oh man so i have no idea where he came from i don't know if he come if he was in that bedding and went straight north out to a little cove and wrapped around the corner then walked the field edge towards me which that would have been 
to my back mostly because I'm looking to the, to the west, to the south, and to the southeast. And that's just kind of how I was looking. So he's standing there thrashing, and, and as soon as I seen him, I was like, that's a mature deer for sure. And then all I could see was his right right antler because the the shrub was blocking his left side. And as he's thrashing, I can see his neck shaking. I'm like, oh, man, that's a nice deer. Seeing his right side, I'm like, that's a shooter for sure. So a couple years ago, I shot a doe, and she come from the north. And she just continued down the field edge right in front of me. There's a nice natural window there, and it's maybe eight-yard shot. So I'm thinking, okay, this buck is here now, and he's on that scrape. So I'm, he's just going to come down and check these other two maybe, you know, and then maybe wrap around to the bedding to see where this doe possibly went. So I'm thinking, you know, he's going to get back in this window here. Eight-yard shot. It's going to be great. And in this tree stand, there's a huge branch, which is really nice to, like, put your backpack on or hang your bow on. And it just comes straight out from the tree, straight west, and it hangs over the edge of the field. So there's a little barrier there that the deer's on the north side of this branch. And, you know, the window's on the south side. So he's going to have to come, you know, 10 yards to check these other two scrapes. And that's what I'm thinking he's going to do. But he just starts hauling ass right in the woods. And... Like, it's a fast walk. He's not just, you know, moping around or, you know, he's not just got his nose on the ground really sniffing. He's on a pretty decent walk into the woods. So I'm I'm now stood up, and I have to turn from straight west to straight north because that's where he's coming in the woods at. And I didn't even get a chance to range him. And he's close. He's really close. Just like I said, that scrape is only 10, 12 yards. So he's coming in the woods. I turn, go full draw, and I I, I release an arrow. Now, he does a dead deer leg kick, and he just runs off on that angling trail right up to the ridge. And I'm thinking I just hammered him, which, which I did. I don't know what happened, but I, the shot felt good. You know, I seen where it hit him, maybe just a, a little high, but, you know, he runs off, tails down. I'm thinking, okay, we, we're going to have a dead deer. Only thing about this is the way he's running is down to that creek. And, Cody, you know how, how deep that creek is. I mean, it's, it's straight down. So he's running up, up to the top of that ridge, r- goes right by the bedding, and then I lose him. You know, I, I probably got to follow him for 80 yards back in the woods. Lost him. So I'm jacked up. I'm like, man, I just hammered a nice one. This is, this is going to be awesome. So now it's probably 5 o'clock, little after. I'm like, okay, you know... Just wait till dark, give him plenty of time. And then, you know, I call Cody, you know, telling him what happened and stuff. And he says, you know, just wait, be patient. And the thing about it is everybody, everybody, you know, just wants to get down and go right looking for the deer. Well, since we had that rain, I'm thinking, man, you know, the blood trail is not going to be great. So I get down and I look look at the shot site. You know, it, it's dark now. So I got the flashlight out, get down to the shot site. I can't find no hair, no blood, nothing. So I just kind of can see where the leaves are scuffled. I'm like, all right, you know, I'll go just a little bit, see if I can find anything. And then if not, I'm just going to back out until, until morning. So, you know, I... Walking, looking, can't find anything. No hair, no blood. Can't even find my arrow. And that that is the part that really blew my mind 
why didn't I get a pass through? 16 yards, broadside. You should should be getting a pass through, I think. So on Tuesday morning, I got a buddy that comes out and hunts with me. And it's just windy. Windy is all get out. Neither of us seen a deer. It was it was just terrible conditions to be hunting. I mean, we we called the hunt at like nine thirty, ten o'clock, and I'm like, hey, you know, we're we're gonna look for this deer now. So I'm just telling him, you know, he came in the woods here, went up there, just kind of laying it out to him. So we start looking, you know, we just go straight to the shot site, just trying to find my arrow, hopefully. Or, you know, maybe, you know, four eyes are better than two. So I'm looking at, you know, where this deer possibly could have went. And we're we're on the trail. We're walking. We didn't we never see nothing. And we get up to the to the top of the ridge and then we just kind of start circling because we can't tell tell where the deer exactly went anymore. So then we start circling, start circling. And deep down, I know that this deer is going to the creek to die. That's just what they seem to do. And so I'm like, you know, you know he's down in there. That's that's just where he's going. You know, and that was the last place I seen him running to. So I just kind of had that in my head that that's we're just going to go down there and he's just going to be dead, you know, 100 yards down in the creek. So we just kind of start walking that way towards the creek. And, you know, we're still looking for blood and stuff. We get down to the creek and, you know, I was expecting to find him pretty, pretty easily once we got down there. And... We, we still haven't found him, so I'm just like, well, we're going to have to go, you know, he's probably going to go north. So we start walking north, walk the whole creek all the way up to the tracks, or almost all the way to the tracks. Never found any blood, never found any deer. I'm like, all right, well, you know what we got to do now is we got to walk south. So we get back to the creek just straight behind where the stand is. And I'm like, well, there's a little finger that comes off, and it's got a little crick. And I said, we'll just walk that out, and then, you know, then we'll come back in and maybe circle back in and walk the south end up to where we're at right now. So we walk this little finger, and this little finger is just off the hill or just off the ridge that I can see from the stand. So I said, hey, you walk down by the creek. I'll walk like halfway down the hillside. You know, we'll cover this this area here pretty good. Still didn't see anything. So, you know, we, we get out, and now we're back in the big destination field, and we circle back around, come back from the south end. Still nothing. Which, at this point, you know, I've already had one sleepless night. Now Now I'm feeling pretty down. You know, I've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, finishing out the week hunting. I never, I did go back to that stand on Thursday, seeing another nice buck, and never, never ran across the deer I shot again. Fast forward five months. I'm going shed hunting. It's shed rally weekend. I still have a camera up. And I haven't checked it for, you know, two months. So I'm going over there to pull it, check the card, pull it completely down. And this is the side of the farm where we get a a lot of pictures of most of the bucks that we have. So I'm just going to shed hunt the whole west side while I'm over there. Go down the west side, get all the way to the north property line get down to the north end of the middle and I'm going to walk it, you know, shed hunting. Well, it's about lunchtime now, so I stopped, got lunch right at the north end of the middle, which is where we walked and stopped looking for my deer. So I, I'm, I'm eating lunch and I'm thinking, all right, you know, this deer might be laying somewhere in the creek here, so 
Don't just be looking for sheds, you know, looking for deadhead. So I'm walking the creek bed back up towards the stand. And I, I'm about straight behind the stand now. Still haven't found anything. And I'm thinking, well, I I need to get back up to the destination field. Maybe I can find an easy shed, you know. So I'm just going to go up there and glass, and then I'll come back down here, walk the creek again. So I'm going to walk that little finger again back out to the field, which we already walked when we were looking for him. And I get a, I get just across the creek, start down the trail, and I find a deer leg. And I look at the hoof, you know, I see if it's a buck or a doe, and it's a buck hoof. I was like, okay, well, this ain't good. And that maybe went 10 more yards. And then I could see, like, a rib cage of a deer maybe maybe 15 yards off the ridge. And I could just see the ribs. And the sun is just beating down, so it's, like, bright white. I'm like, oh, man, there's a deer up there. So I go walking up there, and I get maybe 20 yards from it. And I can see just a rack. Just I mean, it looks like it's a mile up off the ground. And I'm like, oh, man, that's a nice buck. And then as soon as I get up right next to him, I'm like, that's the deer I shot, no doubt. And when I seen him, and I'm standing there, just I don't know what to feel. I feel a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I felt like I let that deer down. I felt like, you know, when I was looking for him, you know, I felt I felt good with myself that I put in a good effort to find him. And we're we're not even we're not even 25 30 yards from the trail that I walked out Tuesday night looking for him. We were that close. It was just the undergrowth was still pretty green that we walked by him. And as I'm standing there looking at a dead head, yeah, yeah, he's dead, but I didn't get to have all the, the everything that comes after the hunt. You know, I didn't get to have the memories of, of talk, telling the story, you know, 47 times to everybody that I hunt with or, you know, all my friends. And I didn't get to have the memory of bringing it home and, and showing Aiden, like, hey, man, I just, just shot a nice deer, you know, check it out. And, you know, I didn't get to have that, so I, I missed out on that. I was thinking about that. Uh, it, it was just a weird a weird feeling to a point, you know. Yeah, I got the deer down. Well, yeah, he's down now, but, you know, I wish I wish I had wish I'd have found him five months ago. I think everybody that's been in this situation would would say the same thing. You know, you wish you'd have found him when you shot him. It was, and this is something that I've never experienced until right now, is finding a deer that I shot, a nice deer that I shot, and found him shed hunting as a deadhead. So I don't know what you're supposed to feel, but I just feel, I felt really down instead of more up that, you know, I thought. Like, when I was having lunch, and I was like, hey, man, the possibility of finding your deer is still alive. You might find him. I mean, I was kind of pumped up about that until it actually happened. Then when I, you know, I'm standing there looking at him, it's just a weird, weird feeling. That's that's all I can say about that. So, you know, I take a picture of him, took a couple pictures, and and I'll be able to remember that moment, but not not how I wanted it to play out. And this deer is why I shoot VIPs now, so I know I can get a pass through, and you know hopefully have a better chance of recovering the deer, finding my arrow, having a better shot sight uh, idea of what's going on. So I learned that you know. Yeah, everybody wants to shoot a big deer, but I mean, I I did shoot shoot a nice deer, and I did I was able to recover his rack. It's just I I'm chasing. I found out that I'm chasing what comes after the hunt. Like that is what I was looking for, 
And that's what I missed the most when I was standing there when I first come up on him as a deadhead. You know, I missed out on all of, of the the fun stuff that comes after dragging him out and and, and all that. You know, I, I missed out on it, and that's just going to motivate me more for the next time to maybe, maybe I should have not hunted Wednesday and just really kept grid searching that area. But I had it in my head that he was down at the creek and he wasn't there. So, you know, I don't know where he was. I didn't have really any blood or anything to go off of once we kind of lost it at that ridge. So, you know, there's obviously other, there's obviously a, I could have done something different. And, you know, could have got, you know, three or four more guys in there with me and done it that way. Because I could really use all of that hamburger right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead serious, you know. I mean, I say that jokingly, but the wife's like, that was the first thing she said when when I brought him home. Man, it'd be nice to have all the meat off of him. Yeah, that was like the third thing I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think... uh when you when you're in that situation, you're pumped up because you found your deer. You got to close out a story, but then like you're like, oh man, you know. Then you start thinking about it. Every everybody does it. They you start second guessing like, well, I was dead set on doing this, so maybe if I would have looked a little bit further. Because how far away was he from your stand? I mean, we couldn't have been. He was 80 yards from the stand, and when we looked for him the next afternoon, he was not even. 30 35 yards from the trail that but we you were down out you were down his, the hill we were down the hill and it was late october still pretty green out yeah. and didn't have no blood so i nope. mean it's hard but like i always tell people when they call me to look for deer i mean you got to be you just can't give up because if you get down because i've done it you get down on yourself then like i said you're looking but you're not motivated and then you're thinking, oh, man, I, you know, I'm not going to find this deer. And all this stuff starts piling up. You're not, you, I do not think that until I absolutely know that I'm not going to find it. I didn't think that for four days when I lost my giant. I looked for four days straight all day, and I was like, I'm going to find this deer. I'm going to find this deer. Is, I think your situation is a little different than mine. <laughs> just because, like, you had seen that yeah. deer actually wounded. Yeah. I just seen my deer, like, Dead deer leg kick, yeah. boom, up the hill, gone. Yeah, you thought he was dead. I mean, you thought he was dead, but you, I it's thought hard I to smoked know. him. Like, yeah, you know, and and I did. I did smoke him. It's just my my arrow setup or my bow poundage or my broadhead, all that combination together, just didn't give me a pass through. Yeah, and if I'd have had a pass through, I'd have had a better blood trail. I'd have had better hair at the shot site to tell yeah. me where I hit the deer. Quicker, quicker death, more more blood yeah. loss, you know. I and then I always think it, you know, if you get if you get a pass through, you're just so much better off because you got blood on both ends, and I mean, you you're cutting so much more that you go know, because if I don't know you're, you're cutting when in you, and out. Yeah, when you're when you're telling me the story, I'm not sure. It's weird how you didn't get a pass through because I can't tell if he went straight ninety to you. He was straight broadside. wasn't like yeah, ordered two yeah. or anything. When straight when he up when he comes straight in, I mean, he was straight broadside. I mean, yeah, that's dude, crazy. Just smoke city, sixteen yards. Unless you hit him a little bit in if, the shoulder blade. The only his thing I back, could think, shoulder is back. If you just if you'd asked me to put it on a chart with you know vitals, I would just put it a touch high. Yeah. But I'm standing on the seat. Of a 16 foot ladder stand, so I'm you know 21 foot angling mm-hmm. down at 16 yards. I mean, I'm I'm gonna get something even if I touch just a touch high. Yeah, maybe you think him one long, like opposite long, and missed. Had to be definitely, definitely opposite long, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, they can live, they can go quite a ways on one long. Dude, so. if, if I had a cameraman, I'd have been high fiving the hell out of him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But just to be able to re- review the footage would have been cool. And mm-hmm. if if it didn't rain and I wasn't lazy, I would have got the camera back out. You know, two hours later, I'm smoking a nice shooter all day. Yeah, Nothing crazy, just shooter. And 
you know what what I learned from this deer because I think I think we got to learn something from every deer at least one thing I learned I learned a lot really from this deer is you know even you, you just got to be more open-minded when you think something happens you know say say that you think a deer runs to the creek you know you got to be more open-minded that he really didn't um Gotta think about all your options. Just because you, yeah. I mean, people say, "Oh, deer go to water, deer go to water." You know, half of my bucks hasn't haven't died anywhere close to water, and some of them have died right on top of it. So, I think it's just, I think they go to, they try to get to a familiar place that they know. If if they're if they're wounded, like if they're double lung or heart shot, I think they're just running to they expire. They have no direction of what they want to go. That's my opinion. That's that's exactly what I think happened. And like could he, be wrong. He, it it looks like now that I got him recovered, he hit that little down tree, you know, just a little eight inch round, which had already been falling for four years. Yeah, it looks like he hit that and kind of did a U turn, mm-hmm. and then just how went how close back. was he to that creek? At that point, the 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 really the, the deep. big one. Yeah. Oh, a hundred yards. Oh, he's still a hundred yards away. He from he him. went down. And then he hit. It's like he hit that barrier, and then just turned straight back and followed the other small creek, yeah. like out to the big field that we were gonna follow out, which we did on Tuesday, and that's how I missed him. And I was gonna do the same thing when I was shed hunting, but I come across a deer leg mm-hmm. that luckily probably the coyotes had drugged down to, yeah. you know, there, and I'd run into it. I think the one thing I would say is, you know, it's it's honorable for you to. You know, you shot the deer, you got him, okay. Now, instead of saying, "Oh yeah, I shot, I got the buck," that's awesome. You're you're trying to learn something. That's what I told you. I said, "There's a, I'm a big believer. There's a positive in everything. If you look hard enough, there is. I mean, especially in hunting. You know, you you miss a giant deer. Well, you got close enough to him. You know, you know, blah blah blah. You learned stuff. This, you learn. Okay, you haven't had a ton of of you know, experience tracking deer, big deer. I mean, bucks, you know, with a bow, with a bow kills. Now you, now you got another one on your belt. Now, next time, hope it never happens to you, but if it does and you put, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to put a, not a perfect shot on something. I do it every year almost. (laughs) So, you know, they're not never perfect, you know? And then now you're going to say, okay, well, this deer did this. That was different than the ordinary so maybe I should check up here. Maybe, maybe I should grid church this area. You know where I think that oh, there's no way he could go there. You know I I'm a big believer, and if you don't have blood, you just start doing circles. You know, start forty yard circles. Dude, start it, doing circles. It blew my mind. The shot side, just no hair, no blood, yeah, no, no the, arrow, no nothing. Dude, the buck it, it that I shot mind. courting away, or homeboy when I shot him courting away, no blood. <sighs> and I shot him behind That's the crazy. back rib. And the broadhead exited two inches on the inside of his front shoulder. That's nice. So I in, but there's just no no blood at the shot site. You know, I went a little further, maybe 10, 15 yards, and I got in some blood. Then I found the front of my arrow broke off, so I knew I had to pass through then. And uh, but anyways, I do that circle, man. And it's crazy how many times I've been called. You know, I'm not a a, a super good blood tracker or anything, but. I just have the drive to really get after it. And if, like, it's, it's, what I like to do is, okay, you look for the deer, you look for them for three, four hours, and you're like, okay, I can't find them. That's when you call reinforcements, because then you're getting someone fresh. Right. Then you're telling them the story again. You're getting more ideas on it. Like, you're calling people on the phone, you know, what should I do? You know, if you have people there, I like to get a bunch of people involved. And if I can get eight guys out there looking for a deer, you know, and it's one that I want to find, and I know I'm not going to completely screw my area, and I know that he's dead. I'm going to get eight guys out there looking for that deer, you know. So I, I think it's good that you're trying to learn something from it because that's the best alternative that you can have is to take the situation and learn from it. So next time this happens, like I said, you know or you have a better idea of what the outcome could have been if – yeah, one thing I got down here in the in the show notes is be more open minded 
you know, it didn't play out as you thought. And we've already talked, you know, in previous episodes that just from film alone, like, you know, I thought I had a nice buck on film that I thought was a totally different deer until I got to replay that whole scenario. Like, that was not the deer that I thought it was, you know. Like, when when you're when you're jacked up when you're when you're in the moment like it is not in stone because that adrenaline has got you yeah and, I was, and that's what we're chasing yeah, like, i was so jacked up on this year's deer i seen the deer crash and then i called my buddy and i'm like i'm pretty sure he's crashed but i'm not really sure <laughs> and i seen him like stumbling and fall but i'm like i'm pretty sure he crashed no, he's like, well, did you see him fall or not? I'm like, I'm 80 percent sure, <laughs> you know, because you never. There's always that back, like, well, maybe he was like, maybe he just went out of view or something. So, like you said, be open minded, and that's a good thing I do. Is if I would have been, oh yeah, that deer's crashed, and I wouldn't have gave him any time, and he hadn't crashed, right. and I jump him, he'd have been gone. He'd have been gone. So, I don't know. Tracking deer is a whole nother podcast we could get into. It's just, and we we're gonna try to get a blood tracking dog on here yeah. a guy with a dog yeah. we've been lo- looking for that to really get a guy that's done a hundred track jobs and to get you know to break some myths and gives to give some listeners some idea and me you know some ideas of tracking deer right so blanking out on what i was gonna say well i'm glad you got your story out man I'll yeah let the listeners kind of close up close up on this buck i uh i think it's the best ending that could come for this year and then you're going to roll right into next year i mean you're learning you got a buck down i mean it, it wasn't perfect but hey i mean that's bow hunting i mean stuff happens you yeah. can you can shoot them with a shotgun right in the shoulder and they fold up that's <laughs> my right. best thing to do you shoot a deer with a shotgun right in the shoulder it just piles up done you know bow hunting's it's a little different man you hit them in the shoulder they're not dying <laughs> you know so it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's my biggest buck with a bow, and I didn't give up looking for him. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I did. I did learn a lot a bit about tracking. Uh, there was there was something else I was gonna say right there. <laughs> and I, it's probably because we're recording at midnight. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, if, if I think about it, I'll, I'll chime back in here. <laughs> you gonna you gonna wrap this up here? Yeah. All right, guys, we appreciate li- listening to this. Um, we wanted to get this story out. I think it was important to get this story out to you guys, but it also to let homie tell this story to put closure to this buck. That's why I really wanted him to tell it was. I, I know it's a, it's a good deer hunting story. People can learn from it, but it's going to help homie to put closure on this deer by telling people the story. So never give up. Don't think it played out how it played out because it probably didn't play out how you thought it did. That's what I can teach you guys from this one right here. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. We love you. Remember, always have fun. Keep hitting that play button.